0: Welcome gamers to this week's episode of Last Call Gaming. We're in episode number 97. My name is Craig Prowlis, and joining me is Manager Montemarie. Hey, third time's a charm. Hey, the third time is always the best time. So, uh, guys, we are drinking Fat Tire today. And if you guys want to drink at home with us, grab a beer, drink along. This is sitting at a 5.2% alcohol. It is categorized as a red ale, an American amber red. And it is brewed in the New Belgium Brewing Company. Now, I know we've had these before, but have you ever been a, a fat tire kind of guy?
1: I actually like them. I, we had them a long time ago. I think actually Dante was the one who recommended them because that was the first time I ever had one. But I always thought it was called flat tire.
0: Oh, I See, and I, maybe there is like a spinoff version of it, like an I, October burger that comes out called flat tire.
1: Maybe there is because I always could have swore that I saw like a logo and it was like a deflated, like, tire. Like, yeah. a, like a thick, like, tractor kind of tire looking thing or something like that. I can picture it in my head, but maybe I just made that I'm, up. I'm remembering, know. like, a white wall uh, tire that's just, like, flat. Maybe and it's something like that, too. But I, I can't remember, but...
0: I just remember back in the day when we used to go across the river and do, like, a lot of, like, poker playing and and, and gambling and stuff. We don't Me and you would always be getting, like, fat tires. So this is a beer that, I like, I just remember drinking as a younger man. And uh, I'll take it any chance I get. You know, it's nice, healthy, full-body beer. Um, Goes down smooth. It's crispy. It says 1% is for the planet, so they're doing something to save the environment. They are doing something. So, so good for them. If you guys ever want to feel free to uh, leave us a suggestion to get a beer, if we can find it in our neighborhood, we will drink it. So... Uh, before we move any further, guys, take a minute to hit the like button, hit the subscribe button. And if you can, jump down to the comment section and leave a comment so Andrew and I can interact with you. Uh, feel free to follow us on all the social medias that you see pop up. And if you guys are listening to the audio-only version of this podcast, whether that be on iTunes or Spotify, if you can, leave us a kind review because it helps us find a broader
1: audience. And as always, hit that notification button because, again, even I, who work on the show... When it comes up, I don't always fucking see it in the million other people that I follow, but I do get that notification like that. He does indeed.
0: So uh, we're going to move into what we call, what are you up to? This is the chance where Andrew and I kind of catch up what we've been playing, what we've been watching and any kind of trips or plans that we've had or have coming up. So I'm going to start it off because we missed our last week episode and it was because I was out of town in Vegas for the weekend, and the reason I was there, uh, I went with Deandra, and we went and saw uh, the Joe Rogan and Dave Chappelle, and uh, Tom Segura was their opener, and dude, it was... Hilarious. I've seen Joe Rogan in the past uh, with my brother and things, and it was it was hilarious. Oh,
1: uh, you know but, what? I but Dave
0: Chappelle, dude, is on a whole nother level.
1: I think some girl, uh, uh-huh. one of my friends I work with, the one who cuts my hair, uh-huh. I think she went to that same thing. But I don't know. if She mentioned Joe. I don't know if Tom Segura did his own thing before that. But she literally was like, "Oh, I just saw Tom Segura, He was great." She didn't mention Joe Rogan or Dave Chappelle. <laughs> so so I don't know, a lot, dude. A lot, in a lot of people's mind, Tom Segura is probably the superior comedian. He's got a ton of things on she, Netflix. She, that you said can he, watch. she said he was great. I don't know if she saw a standalone thing if he's there more than one day or maybe she was at the same thing because she did i don't remember if it was last thursday or the thursday before that but i want to say she went on like a thursday friday yeah because i was
0: on uh i believe it was july 8th and it was at the mgm Grand. so if she went to the mgm it was probably the same show
1: yeah i i'm 90 sure that's where it went. this
0: is easily though this, the lines were huge and this has been the first venue that i've been to where like it's not it hasn't been um pandemic affected like it was packed it was like Everybody in this place was it was wall to walls. Every seat was filled. Um, they did a thing when you walked in. It should you wear a mask. No, no mask in 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 uh, Nevada, and they do a thing where I'm sure it happens at a lot of other shows where wh- before you go in, they put your phone into like a bag and they they close it shut, and you have to get it un- opened at the end. That way, nobody can like videotape it or. I've never heard of that. Uh, neither have I. I that's and cool though. It was yeah. It was it was nuts, but. I guess all you really had to do is if you knew that was happening was just bring two phones because this guy next to me literally pulled out another phone and he was able to... Uh, he wasn't, like, filming it, but he was taking pictures and stuff like I that. I can
1: understand that for stand-up comedians because if you watch someone set online, why would I want to watch the stand-up special or even go see it myself because it's the same material, whatever, and it's not, like, a song or, like, a band you're going to where you're, like, right. jamming out or vibing.
0: Yeah, because I know they're, they're touring right now. I know they were, I think, just recently in Texas and now they were in Vegas, but, dude, it was hilarious. A lot of... Uh, a lot of uh very touchy subjects like transgenderism and things like that and and women in fighting but then you have Dave Chappelle who can do like all the race jokes so it was it was a lot of fun so that's why we didn't we missed our episode because I was out of town either? no once we, we kind of left like right when it was ending and beat the crowd out so we could not stand in line and fucking wait on all that so uh it was a lot of fun as far as what I'm watching um I kind of forgot that I started my MCU run a while back yeah and i never finished it i got all the way to thor ragnarok and i i never finished it so when i was looking at disney plus i saw that it was stolen, and i'm like oh yeah so in in a day i knocked out uh the rest of ragnarok and then i watched uh ant-man and the wasp and then the next day i watched both of the avengers so now it's all now i'm officially done you know unless you want to include the spider-man which i'm going to next but after this i'm going to start doing loki because loki's done and now you can binge watch those six episodes. I think seven. I'm going to binge
1: it this weekend. I'm,
0: I'm fortunate enough that I haven't seen any spoilers yet. I've seen, like, I'll be scrolling through and somebody, I'll see a post and it'll be something. And I just, or I'm on Twitter and I see, like, an image or something. I just, I'm able to scroll by it. I know, like, a little something, but it's not ruined anything for me. Okay, well, don't, <laughs> well, don't say it. And then as far as playing, guys, um, I did go a little bit further in PS5 on uh, Ratchet, and Crank, Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart. But uh, my brother has had some time off, so me and Gino actually beat uh, Dungeons and Dragons Dark Alliance uh, the other day. So that was that was. Fu- it's a lot funner with another player than playing it by yourself. Game sucks. As as Andrew saw me playing, it looked like dog shit. But then I just recently 100%ed, uh, grounded Left with uh, with Deandra. Deandra loves this game, and because she, she likes the building aspect of it, she's dude. She's building our base and building all that stuff, and I'm out doing all the hunts and things like that and uh of course this is the game that came out by obsidian it's still in game preview but with the uh shrew and doom update you're able to now do achievements and do a lot more stuff with it so uh, i was able to do that and finish that so after this i'm going to go back and playing uh go back to playing ratchet and clank so and yeah I'm sorry i didn't mean to leave you behind bro but you know when, sh- when i'm ready to play and i gotta get that 100% achievement it was whoever was there Whoever's there grabbed the ball and ran with it So uh, what do you been up to buddy?
1: Well while I look this up Will you It's cause it's bugging me Will you look up and see if there is a beer called Flat Tire? Yes I can <laughs> um, I actually finished Iceborne I've been kinda playing it I even went through Cause my other uh, My little brother bought it I ran him through Ran him through like half of it But then he kinda stopped playing I got stuck But I ended up finding this one dude online Or two of them Cause I posted in that Xbox group Which was uh, super cool I haven't used that in a while but then they had, like, three different friends. So I had a party of just two people that turned in, like, a party of ten people. And everyone, like, fighting over who's going to help me out with what. And so they kind of helped me out get through the end. So I finished that. I absolutely loved that game. Like, if it came out this year, it would be my game of the year. And I can't wait for another, like, Monster Hunter to be new and see what's up. I know there's the one that just came out on the Switch. But personally, I don't like playing something like that on the Switch.
0: Like a big AAA title on that.
1: Yeah, and then I started uh, Yakuza 4. I'm loving it so far. I love every Yakuza so far. I mean, even the worst one's just been good still at best. So, I mean, that's (laughs) always been fun. I'm kind of back on PUBG now, player Unknown Battlegrounds, for those of you that don't know. Because Modern Warfare has just been having, like, lots of issues with like the connection lots of fucking cheaters there was like a new glitch where you could make yourself to where no one could hear your footprints at all like infinitely until you die or Mm -hmm. something like that so you can't even hear if anyone's running up on you they just barely fixed all that stuff like yesterday but i'm just like dude i'm kinda done with this game for like a little bit until they get whatever figured out Take Um, take a little break from it yeah on top of that as far as watching anything i did watch that new resident evil infinite darkness Uh, anime that's what they call it, that was on Netflix. I I liked it. I thought it was interesting. It's not the route I personally would have gone. I would have done a more Castlevania, like, hey, here's how everything started. Maybe the first season is, like, zero and one. Season two could be two and three, and then whatever you want to do from there as far as, like, the game lore. And it's an original story, but if you're not really familiar with what Resident Evil is or who these people are... I don't really see a reason of why you would watch it. Versus Castlevania, even if you're not familiar, they have that way of pulling you in yeah. by, hey, this is how it's starting. This is what's going on. I mean, everybody knows Dracula, but this gives you an in-depth of what our Dracula is. You, you know him by the end of the series. And then I actually just watched a Chris Claremont documentary on his contributions to X-Men. Me and him were just talking about it. Mm-hmm. I didn't really realize like how big an impact he had and that he pretty much was single-handedly... Given credit for saving x-men as what it is and completely revitalizing it and it's that's actually on youtube you can watch that that is free that's how i saw it because uh, it showed up in my recommended feeds it's about an hour and a half and i definitely recommend it it was super cool watch and, and it's on disney plus too if you have I actually i tried shows. looking that up last night on disney plus i didn't see it on there oh really Cause yeah
0: I, I literally just saw it the other day because when you brought it up i went i was almost gonna go watch it and i saw i found it Unless they just took it off recently.
1: I don't know. I went to go look it up. I even try, I tried X Men, X hyphen X-Men. X-X-Men. I even started typing in like Chris whatever. And I <laughs> Chris and <laughs> Chris whatever. And I didn't see uh, Chris I didn't see anything pop up on there. So unless I was well, just looking in the end, wrong.
0: hold on I'm writing it down so after this we can try to we can try to look it up because Yeah, I unless
1: I, I was not. looking in the wrong spot, but either so, way, it's free on YouTube, check it out. So there is a beer called Flat
0: Tire. But I don't know if it's the name of the beer or the flavor of it. Yeah, because it's it's called Piston Head Dry Hopped Lager Flat Tire Mosaic Hops. So it's got like a skull on it. Uh, It's a 4.5% alcohol. I know we haven't drank that. Or at least that can doesn't look familiar to me at all.
1: No, that's not even the logo we described. Exactly,
0: yeah. So um, unless there's another one floating around here, that's all I was I guess not. I don't
1: know what the fuck we're talking about then. Uh, I'm sure there is something that matches it,
0: but yeah, anyway, so uh, I'm glad that's what you're up to. I'm glad you had a nice full uh, week of playing things and watching things. So guys, uh, leave down in the comments below what you've been up to, what you've been playing, and we'd love to have a conversation about it. So moving into our big story of the day, it's kind of two mixed in one. There are two new Handheld entering who'd the gaming thought? space, yeah, who'd have thunk it? And, you know, in, in a time where it's really just been the Switch, there's been no essential Game Boy since S- the Vita died. Sony's been Sony's been out of out of the game for a while. So the two big ones coming in is the new Switch, which is the OLED model, and the Steam Deck, which is coming out from Valve. So uh, we're gonna start with the Switch because it is kind of the more familiar one, and I just want to start just by reading this article so we can catch up on what it is if you're unfamiliar with it. So. This is on nintendolife.com if you guys want to read the full article, and it says, The new system will feature a larger 7-inch OLED screen. The standard console has a 6.2-inch LCD screen, a new wider kickstand, enhanced audio through new inbuilt speakers, a LAN port in the dock, and 64 gigabytes of internal storage, which is double the 32 gigabyte of the standard model. It also comes in a fetching new color variant, as you can see, and it's in the art. I do like that
1: color, that black and white.
0: That black and white looks really good. And the uh, release date for this is coming on October 8th, and they've kind of, you know, made a point to point out that it is the same day that Metroid Dread is coming out. So if you are trying to get, like, a bundle with it, you can. Um, that color is, is extremely interesting in the fact that it matches that PS5. So if you are trying to set up that entertainment system in terms of, like, a, palette, a color palette, I mean it kind of really just fits right in there the biggest thing though is that they're saying is that this is coming out at 350 dollars now if you look at the original switch it's sitting at 300 so this is a 50 dollars improvement and it does have certain features in this i mean the biggest thing is obviously the bigger storage but it's really only helping out anybody that plays it handheld and yeah. if you put it onto the dock which is mainly the way i play it there is no 4k output so we it kind of missed it there and there's no actual improvement to any of the or there's no like enhancements to it so andrew and i have been talking about this like well who's this really like aim for i mean obviously if you are new to nintendo it'd be a good entry point but do you see this as being the right step forward
1: just making a new improved OLED screen? I don't think so, and we'll kind of get to that a little bit, too, Mm -hmm. after the Steam Deck, because Craig brought up the point, like, okay, well, if you look at Nintendo's past trajectory, you have, like, the Game Boy, the DS, the 2DS, you know, whatever. They're all, like, kind of small advancements, and maybe that's kind of what this is. is more like what the Game Boys were, what they used to be, and he brought up the point, like, okay, yeah, you know, they're all just doing kind of something a little bit different, but they put them out, but looking at it from the other way, I was kind of saying that each of those brought something different to the table not a slightly bigger screen from the game boy you had the color then to the game boy advance which was actually smaller not heavier then you had the sp the clamshell with the light even from the 3ds to the 2ds you had something that was cheaper not more expensive for less real estate on the screen for people who didn't want to pay for the 3ds so each of those all brought something different to the table where this doesn't really kind of i feel like it's uh, again i i don't really know who this is for
0: Yeah, one of the biggest things they kind of pointed out is that, you know, here's the three biggest things enhancements that players are going to notice and uh, one of them is going to be the TV mode and the tabletop mode and the handheld mode. But even when you're looking at these things, I mean, obviously the screen's a little bit bigger and it's going to be, you know, um, by the OLED screen, you're going to see it better. But you know cuz the rumor was that the Nintendo Switch Pro is the next thing that was going to be coming out and i think Bloomberg was even had a big article about it you know speculating how that's what Nintendo's going to show off you know in the next couple of days when it does reveal it and i think you know expectations just were mismanaged because Nintendo cuz i've been thinking about it more and more like Nintendo doesn't need to release a Switch Pro yet because they're still the best selling console right now you know there'd be no reason for them to make a brand new bigger one more expensive one and put more resources into it when like Andrew and I were talking like all they have to do is make a quick tweak to just make a slightly better one no physical you know hardware improvement then you know outside of just you know being bigger and having the better screen then they can just sell more units of the same thing to get more people into their ecosystem but I mean I don't know it it's a weird it was a weird thing to come out because I th- I know everybody was expecting the Switch Pro and then you get you get this and again I'm not I don't play it handheld so this I don't, I don't mean play it I don't know how, I don't know what the audience difference would be between a handheld player and the dock I know the handheld is a bigger piece of that pie but it's like how many more people are going to go out and buy that just because of that cuz that definitely like this has nothing for me or you so I don't know I'm curious of where they thought because they have to have data that shows that this could sell because there'd be no reason for them to make that ex- design specifically at the
1: handhold player and not the dock player. I think even if you like look at it from a, a new person's perspective, Oh, I could say $50 and it does all the same things, especially if I'm going to be playing it mostly on the TV, you know, there's that base audience like right there, you know, I didn't seem like as big a misstep though. At first I was like, all right, whatever. That's not really what people wanted. It's kind of, It's weird, it's okay, but I guess they're fine because they're Nintendo, you know? They're coasting off Zelda, they're coasting off Mario, they have that IP. It didn't really seem like a big misstep until the second handheld got announced. And that's after... Steam announced their thing. I was like, oh, okay, well, never mind. That completely changes how I was looking at the other thing because now that's, I don't know what the fuck you're gonna do now. <laughs> yeah, so I do want to point out before we move
0: to the next one is that um all your old Joy Cons and stuff will fit on this. So it is kind of a cool thing that they didn't make it like a different version because that would have sucked that you had to buy like additional peripherals just to play the thing. So all your old Joy Cons will work on it. I mean, it looks interesting. And I'm like, somebody wrote on our Facebook group, they're like, hey, should I like literally ask me, like, should I buy this? And I'm like, well, if you're brand new and you don't, you've never had one, then yes, this thing would be a good version to start on because you don't really want to buy four-year-old hardware when there's something new. And you know, I don't know, 50 bucks, you know, at the time when we were making this, is that big of a turnoff point to get something brand new and have all these extra features. But if you're someone like Andrew and I, or you know, whoever's watching that already owns a Switch, I, I really see no reason to buy this thing, you know, unless yours is not working properly or you're you're hitting with Joy-Con drifts or something. You know, I don't know, but
1: other than that. Um, it's a very odd choice. I'd say even if I didn't have a Switch already and I was gonna go buy one tomorrow as a new owner, I know primarily I don't like playing handheld stuff. Like I do occasionally kind of fuck around with it, but I know that I'm a TV player in my heart and soul. So going to the store, I'd get the cheaper Switch and spend the fifty dollars on Metroid Dread, on Mario Golf, on the next Mario Party. It's change that that fifty dollars. That's a whole game. That is, yeah, it's nuts. So. Uh, that's pretty much what the OLED has you know codename
0: the Nintendo Swold did you hear that no that's switch pretty cool and OLED, though. the Swold Up unit so um, but with that being said there's another handheld stepping in and uh, let me switch over to me notes, and that is this is going to be Valve's attempt at their Switch like mobile PC so let me just read this quick um, little part so you guys can get caught up with what it is this is on from The Verge and it says The Steam Deck has a number of control options. There are two thumbsticks, but also two small Steam Controller-style trackpads beneath the thumbsticks, which could give you more precision for things like first-person shooters. The front of the Steam Deck also has ABXY buttons, a D-pad, and a 7-inch 1280x800 touchscreen for 720p gameplay. The device also has a gyroscope for motion controls. Like the Switch, it has two shoulder triggers on each side, and there are four back buttons, two on each side, as well as, let's see, as well as built-in microphones. So this, I mean, kind of just showed up the other day, is, is blowing up every outlet that I've been reading. And this is, you know, this is the handheld. If I had to play something handheld, it would be something that's literally a mobile PC that gives you ton of new options and functions. And uh, Andrew, I know you had some of that Written out? Did you want to kind of go over some of the highlights that stood out to you, or what do you want? Where do you, you want to start with this bad boy?
1: Yeah. So I, again, I actually kind of want to start with the fact that I do like the name Steam Deck. Like I think it kind of rolls off the tongue. Like it's nothing crazy or nothing fancy. The Steam but Deck. I understand what it is when someone says it. but As far as some of the specs, I, don't know, I think it go, sounds like a
0: boat. <laughs> I don't know if I like it. The Steam Deck. <laughs>
1: It's uh it has the same screen size. It's a slightly higher fidelity when you're holding it in your hand. You can connect it to like a monitor as well too, just like you can with the um the OLED. It does have a stronger processor, but the bigger thing on here too is it's got a lot more memory. It's actually got 16 gigabytes of RAM in it. Not to mention that it's also got an AMD 8 processor in there that supports RDNA. So that supports new features that everyone's going crazy about now with like the xbox series x and the playstation 5 like ray tracing and uh, dynamic lighting and all that stuff so this is meant to do all that stuff we watched the video and the guy that was talking about it pretty much said don't think of this as a handheld console think of it as a portable pc and i mean looking at everything that it has to offer he's right because you can install whatever you want to on here they flat out said It comes with its own Steam OS, which is kind of running off a version of like Linux. So, if you're not familiar with that, if you don't want to be familiar with that, it's like you could just go ahead, wipe this thing, and load Windows into it. And on top of that, Let's say you are a big Steam user. You could go ahead and put the Xbox Game Pass onto there, too. Uh, and and, I don't know if they've confirmed that you can, but by all signs are pointing uh, to yes. From, I mean, from yeah. how he worded it, it would, uh, it would be crazy to think that that's the one thing that you couldn't do. Right. And the only reason I think that you wouldn't be able to is if maybe Microsoft is trying to get some other part of a market or something like that. But I don't see a way where you wouldn't. But either way, you should be able to do whatever you want to. And I don't even know how they would stop someone from putting Windows on there. And it know that, oh, it's on this thing, so you can't have the Game Pass. Because I would definitely play that, I or if I was traveling and doing whatever. If I had to choose between a couple IPs, uh, th- that's the biggest thing. is Nintendo has its IPs. It's got its great IPs. It's got its Zelda. It's got its Mario. It's got all those fun games, but it's lacking stuff like uh, Assassin's Creed... Resident Evil, you know, what other new AAA games are coming out that are passing over on this console that are going to end up on this thing? So I think I'd rather have more experiences than the one or two that are dropped per year that may or may not appeal to me. You know, Zelda's the big one. I personally didn't think Mario Odyssey looked that great. That game didn't really speak to me, but Breath of the Wild is a game that spoke to me.
0: Yeah, it's interesting because Microsoft, if you look back at some of their terminology, they keep saying that, you know, we're going to put Game Pass into as many like places, places as, possible, as you yeah. can. And the fact that, because everyone kept going, OK, well, they're going to make a portable Xbox or, you know, would they ever jump into this space? But when you've got someone like this pretty much building the hardware and you're able to just put your service on it, they literally just had someone make a portable Game Pass for them with no with no expense on there and now it's just something that can run windows and put it on so that's one, been one of the biggest things that everyone keeps kind of circling around they're like well if you've got now you know all of the pc games on there and now you can also do your game pass games on there then to me you know this would be a lot of people's second uh, dairy machine because like everyone's like okay if you're running a ps5 buy the xbox one s that'll be your your game pass machine if you want to play those games but it's like Well, let me buy this thing because now I can can run it on any monitor as a PC and it's it's pretty powerful. Not only are you getting now all the PC side of it, but now you're going to be able to put the Game Pass on there, which is nuts. But I want to talk about the design for a minute because everyone kind of keeps referencing that it looks like the old school uh, Sega Game Gear. And it does kind of in that big black brick. But originally when I'm looking at it, I didn't know if I liked where like the joy pads and the D-pad and the buttons were. Yeah. When you look at it, it's just, it's so opposite compared to how every controller is. And well, um, offset thumbs, yeah, yeah, and then you have the uh, the track pads on the bottom. But one of the guys that was reviewing it that we watched on IGN was saying, you know, he thought the same thing. And the moment he grabbed it, he's like, oh, it's, it's comfortable. It's doable. There is nothing to rethink. Like this works. And the fact that everything is like, touchscreen like the screen is touchscreen so you're going to be able to navigate it through that but they're saying that um everything has is compassive so it knows when your buttons are, or your fingers are actually on the buttons and i like that it was saying that they have a keyboard built in there so you can navigate you know through that and, and be able to touch it because it's one of the most annoying things when you're on xbox on youtube or netflix stick, is always and you got to move it so i think it's got a lot of cool features and the fact that they were even comparing it to the Xbox Elite Controller having the back, you know, the four back buttons, yeah, um, is insane because it's literally set up for like micro-keying and mapping buttons. So if this thing has all the power in the world to play games comfortably, like on mid to high res, you know, because it's not running at the best, you know, frames and resolution, but it's it's powerful enough to be noticing that you're playing good games. Like I think Control was the game he was playing in the demo, yeah, with no lag and you know it was very smooth. Like this thing is nuts and the fact that it just came out yesterday was the news and it's coming out december is like this thing i would have thought would have came out in a year from now we'd have been like okay cool they're talking about it now let's look at it they're like no it's gonna drop in about six months like i don't know where it's coming from or or how we didn't hear about it until now but uh i don't know i i think it's super impressive but what do you think of the overall design
1: of it I kind of, I, again, I my thoughts mirroring your own. Like, I kind of wasn't sure about it. What the guy was saying, I was like, okay, well, maybe that makes sense. But realistically, me picturing trying to hold the thing, I'm like, oh, I don't know how I feel about that. But I do have a question for you. And, again, Nintendo's in a league of their own, and they kind of just do their own thing. They don't really let anyone else influence them. They're just kind of cruising along. Do you think, though, that, again, because this thing kind of dropped out of nowhere, I don't remember seeing any rumors or any sort of thing Nothing. like that. Do you think now that they've seen that come out, they're like, oh, shit, maybe we made a mistake with the OLED? Because even if they were working on a pro that is stronger than whatever uh, than the Steam Deck, they can't announce that right away because they just announced this other product. They got to get this product to sell first and everything. Otherwise, it's just like you're fucking your audience. So now they're damned if they do, damned if they don't, no matter what, because either, fuck, we just got to sit here and wait it out and now be selling this weaker console console against a competitor whether even if it's selling that mark you could have that marketing all day this is stronger than that for 50 more dollars it is what you know you could play a million games versus the 40 that are on the switch yeah. and then oh hey uh next year now we're gonna have whatever or w- would you think they would just bite the bullet sooner and be like oh hey we all we also have a pro that's coming out soon and i kind of thought maybe that was a bad idea at first but now thinking how the series x and the series s rolled out it's almost like the same thing we have a weaker and a stronger one for you right away i think it would be a little weirder coming from nintendo because i know that that's not what they intended with this but your thoughts (laughs) that's not what they intended with this um i don't know i think they've definitely had
0: to juggle around the timeline but i mean there. i would assume that there's there's still a Switch Pro or a Switch There's two be coming because they've. It's the best-selling console, you know. They've 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 they took something that was innovative and definitely extremely unique, and you know, in terms of creating a hybrid between the console and the handheld, and 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 look what we're getting off of that now. You know, the Steam Deck is essentially a spin-off of that. It's something that's now handheld or you can dock it. So I, I don't know if they're thinking that they're fucked because they weren't hurting at all. You know what I mean? It wasn't like sales were dipping on the Switch and they're like, okay, w- are we going to make, let's make the Switch Pro now so we can go back up. They're still riding high. So it's like, why are we going to make something new when we could just make an enhanced one and just make a little bit more? I think they've got about two more years running the Switch at the base with the OLED, the base and the OLED. And then I think the Switch Pro is coming. I think this probably sped up the timeline, though. If this thing was going to be out in
1: 2, 3, then I assume now it's definitely coming out in 2. You know what I mean? I'll say this, is that I can't picture the Switch being anyone's primary console. Unless you're (laughs) 8. You know what I mean? I'm not sure, because the other thing I want to point out is that the uh,
0: Switch... Did um, it was fifty dollars more than what, or the Switch OLED was fifty bucks more than the original? But the the Steam Deck has you know really some competitive pricing. It's starting out at three hundred and ninety nine dollars for the sixty four gig unit. So that alone is a good base option to jump in. Uh, the second one is. Do you want to say, that I was first? Gonna say it's
1: not even just so? Even with the base unit, mm-hmm. there's actually an SD card slot in the bottom yeah. that we forgot to mention. So, even if you jumped in at the base, you can get an SD card, pop that, the memory. pop that in, enhance the memory, and it says you can download and run games off of that. And those things are always crazy cheap. Mm-hmm. So, the
0: second tier that they have was the uh, for $529, was the 256 gig. And then for the $649, they have the 512 gig model. So, yeah, like Andrew's saying, even at 400 and you just enhance it with the SD card, I mean, pound for pound, what you're you're getting with the the Steam Deck is just vastly superior in terms of hardware, in terms of uh, what you're going to be able to do with software, and then in terms of at least, I would say, an entry point into this new
1: ecosystem that we have with mobile PC. And they did say too on those upper two tiers at the, uh, what, what are the spaces again? 256 and 512? 256 and 512, yeah. Those are going to be running off an NVMe drive in there. So those are going to launch like a little bit faster, maybe run a little bit faster. Nothing crazy, but I'm sure the games will like launch a lot faster you know, maybe like how the series X does like 10 seconds versus waiting 40 seconds for doom to load up or something like that.
0: Yeah. So I want to point out that the, um, so this thing did just launch like yesterday and pre-orders were going to be able to start coming out. So unfortunately this thing had so much hype behind it that when they did the pre-orders, like essentially the, uh, websites, uh, crashed on it, but I know there was a little, so it was, let's see, starting at 1 p.m. Uh, Valve began allowing people to put down $5 to pre-register for a Steam Deck. Within seconds of the Steam Deck pre-orders going live, people began sharing frustrating issues and errors on Twitter. During this time, several members of Kotaku staff also struggled to get their pre-orders because they also had like, I don't want to say like this weird clause, but the only people who uh, were able to pre-order it were people who had bought something on Steam prior to June 2021 and they were able to uh, pre-order it within the first 48 hours. Anyone else that would have done it if you didn't buy it were getting things that were saying, in your account's too new to buy it. So even though this thing's coming out in December, I mean, unless you were in that day one 48-hour pre-order, like, we're not going to see it. We're not going to see this thing until... Probably next year sometime.
1: Thinking about that, I actually kind of like something like that. And I wonder if that's not like just, hey, this is to get our loyal, dedicated fan base out there. But if that's to cut down on scalpers. Yeah, We've already seen some scalpers on eBay. This thing's selling for like $1,300, $1,400. But I, it's not nearly as many as we saw with the PlayStation or the Xbox were anybody could pre-order it so if that was a way of them doing something like that then i think that's a smart move because i mean it's not going to stop everybody but that's gonna you know definitely help you out because xbox and playstation could do something like that with the next brand of console like hey if you didn't buy anything on xbox if you haven't bought a game if your account hasn't been active before this date or something like that then you're gonna have to wait till the second round of queue and that sucks for the people who are dying to jump in but That comes at the cost uh, or that comes at the expense of all those scalpers. And I would rather, you know, someone wait a little bit longer, even though I wouldn't be that person. So (laughs) it's easy for me to say that, but to not have to deal with that scalper, see that scalper price up there. Um, One of the other cool things that I like about the Steam Deck is...
0: Um, The fact that – you, because what they were kind of showing off too was all the mods that you're going to be able to do because there's so many games you play on, like, console. Like, we were talking earlier, like, Doom and Fallout and Skyrim. And, you know, unless you're, I guess, hacking or modding your Xbox, which I don't know how often people can do. PC is where you do it. PC, they have communities that build these things. So one of the things they said is, like, this fully fully appreciates and and allows in all the mods that you're going to be able to do and again for 400 bucks if you're jumping in you can use this as your own PC cuz they've got you know you cuz there's a dock that's coming out and it's not out yet but there's a dock coming and let's see the official dock props up your Steam Deck while connecting to external displays, wired networking, USB peripherals and power. You can also use a powered USB-C hub if you've got one lying around, yeah, so, any USB C hub, you can yeah. just plug
1: in, and that would work fine. And you can just use this thing as your PC.
0: And the cool thing is, what they're saying is that with you know the cloud technologies, once you start playing a game on your PC, then you can easily move it to the handheld. You know, all your saves are gonna are gonna be moving around. So there's nothing. I can't find anything bad about this you know we yeah, can po- we can yeah. point out flaws in the switch old it all day whether it's for me whether the price point's right whether it did anything for people to play it docked or handheld but so far you're looking at this thing and
1: i mean everything just i is, know exactly is who it's good. for yeah, yeah i know exactly who it's for i think the bang is there for its buck and compared to uh, unless someone's just trying to oh well let me save a hundred dollars by getting a regular switch I, again that's got to be someone who's only playing nintendo games what would you think though because this thing it obviously
0: can be used as a pc you really i mean you can you put it on any tv like is connect it. Was you're ready to go because even in the video the guy was like he was playing um, a couple of pc games and he's like i almost forgot that this wasn't running on a tower you know this was running on this device so is this something you'd be even
1: in inter- i mean we like talking about it but is it something you'd be interested in even buying I'd have to see what other stuff it runs, but I mean, if it can it do, sounds like it runs everything. <laughs> if it can do other background things well, and I could run this thing like a laptop, then yeah, now I don't have to carry well, yeah, around my thing. Fucking, you're saying you could stop and put up tabs during the middle of games and do all kinds of nutty stuff. Then yeah, if I don't have to carry around my fucking heavy ass like big, I, well, I, I have like a huge screen on mine, so and that's why it's heavy. But if I didn't have to carry around my fucking laptop in my backpack and just have this small thing that yeah, I could I could make our video content on it. I could use it as a last call thing when we're making our power hours and editing and doing if i could do that stuff on top of playing the occasional game on it because mostly i'm primarily xbox then yeah that'd be way cooler because i could fit that you know that thing's only about like that big top so there's no way it's gonna weigh 40 pounds in my fucking bag
0: the other thing i i I haven't even seen anybody uh at least the articles i was reading is you know we were looking at like uh, microsoft trying to buy discord you play on this thing discord's built in I mean, this thing's already built in with like its own uh, every chat feature. Do you want to Skype on it? Do you want to Discord? If it can do all of that, then dude, again, I can't find... The only problems would be what it can't do. You know what I mean? Not not anything that it's already doing or, and, and doing it badly. It's just like, okay, where's the limit with this thing? Because right now it seems like it's the sky.
1: The caveat is really just if you're willing to sacrifice graphics and maybe i they haven't really said fps i mean from what they said it ran smooth but i don't know what that means for every game but if you're willing to sacrifice your graphical fidelity for on the go playing or just be able to casually hook it up to anything wherever you're at as long as you have the provided cables and stuff like that then sure then that's definitely an entry point for you yeah i was looking at this thing like
0: oh you know it's cool Uh, you know definitely really really cool i wasn't gonna buy it but the more i'm looking at it more i'm reading about it 400 bucks for a decently powered PC and something that I can literally take on the go that's not my Switch that's limited to the games I have or my mobile Xbox cloud cuz now this thing will play all the Game Pass like I don't know man this thing is more tempting and tempting the more I read about it and I'm sure over the course of the next you know few weeks and months leading into December we're to see a lot more of this thing so I mean I don't know I have nothing but but praise for this thing I I, I mean I really can't see the downfall, And I'm sure when we listen to some more podcasts and read some more news, people will point out flaws and maybe a light will turn on and be like, oh, yeah, it never said this. But as of right now, man, this thing this
1: thing looks smooth and crispy. I would say for sure it's set Nintendo OLED.
0: Yeah, so um, I, I think that's about it, unless there's anything else you want to go off on it. Nah. All right, guys, so uh, that is the end of that story. If you guys have any comments on the new Switch swolled up, or the Steam Deck, uh, leave them down below. If there's something maybe we missed and didn't cover or something you want to point out, feel free to leave that down in the comments.
1: I do want to ask, if if you're somebody who doesn't have a console, I, I know there are people who just watch our show to stay up on game news, and specifically this question would be for you then... Which one of these two is more appealing to you? Let's say you had the money, like, that's not a fucking issue or anything like that. What would be the console you would get between those two? That, I'm interested in that. Yeah. Well, I mean, for me, it'd have to be the Steam Deck since I already have two Switches. But, but we're already invested <laughs> in Xbox and the and yeah.
0: all that and everything. So for <laughs> someone who's not. So much and so little time. So let's move into uh, riffing it up, 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 up. And uh, let's just keep it at one riff for right now, Andrew, and we'll see where we're at with time. So uh, the first thing, guys, I wanted to bring up was that Ubisoft is talking about their new Assassin's Creed Infinity, and what they're looking at is doing it as a live service game. So this kind of points out what I was you know, look, saying a while back is like, there's only, you can only do so many of these annual or biannual games of, of time and place, because eventually you're going to run out. So if you're going to do the live service game, then that easily kind of fits into Assassin's Creed just staying, you know, staying around and and keeping it, you know, with updates and patches and adding new things. But one of the things people are pointing out is that even if you look at Valhalla, Valhalla's hours worth of content. So, I hated it. Yeah. <laughs> well, regardless if you hated it or not, in terms of ga- in terms of what you're getting out of it, it offered a shitload. It was almost like a Skyrim. There was so much there yeah. was so much quest you could go do and so much you could do post storyline. And the fact that they're moving into a live service game, I don't want to say is hopping on the bandwagon because obviously live service games is where you stay the most um, healthy if your game's doing successful, but Assassin's Creed moving that way, because what they're, because what they keep, what, this is an article, and uh, I'm just going to read one quick thing, and this is from Polygon, and it says, Recent entries in the 14-year-old Assassin's Creed franchise have ballooned in size. The most recent title, 2020's Assassin's Creed Valhalla, could easily take more than 100 hours to fully explore and complete. In this sense, Assassin's Creed games have already offered a live-service game experience by allowing players to truly devote huge chunks of their time to completing every side quest this upcoming Assassin's Creed game will be the next logical step in the trend. So I guess my curiosity just is that, well, are you able to jump into this game and play whatever point in time you wanted to, or will Infinity now be a new point in time and that's where the live service is at? Because what it sounded like is that you could bring in your guy from Victorian England. You could bring in, you know, the colonial West. You could bring in, um, you know, the Renaissance era Ezio kind of style guy but if it's going to be a live service game, I would assume if there's going to be multiple people on, you're not going to be playing a main character anymore. You're going to be your own bloodline into these Assassin's Creed timelines. Or, I mean, I, I don't know if you've read much of the story, but how do you look or see it?
1: I looked at it and I kind of can't really picture it for this because I kind of like the standalone idea for Assassin's Creed. But That's I, the way I love it. But When I picture that so like, live service, I picture like Madden should be a live service. NHL Hockey. FIFA, Mm -hmm. like sports games, where the only thing you're really updating is like the player year after year. I think those should be a live service. I can't really fathom like how they would make this really work. Yeah, I'm especially since the last sorry, especially since the last one wasn't that great for me. That this sounds even worse. Yeah, because I'm 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 really
0: curious to where they're going to go with this. And as soon as we see like a trailer that kind of explains exactly what they're going to be doing, I mean, I'll have more of an opinion. But I mean, the logical step would be keep the longevity of a certain version of Assassin's Creed Alive because, again, you're going to run out eventually when you do Assassin's Creed this timeline, this timeline, this timeline. I mean, there's only so many interesting points in time without you just completely making up something to make it interesting. So, um, I don't know. I'm curious to see where this is going, but uh, leave it up to Ubisoft to turn Assassin's Creed into a live
1: service game. So, Well, speaking of people ruining things... <laughs> uh resident evil r we just talked about that recently after the capcom e3 that was supposed to come out in july i actually went to go and launch the game the other day and it said the service still was not. like i forgot about it i was like all right i want to launch it to see what these achievements are about like maybe i'll play it like it might be kind of fun still wasn't up live sure enough the next day after i had just been talking to gino about it too is delayed to 2022 So a whole nother year for this. Not that it looked like it was anything amazing, but I want to try it. I think at this point, they either need to just cut it and say, fuck it. Maybe reimburse the people. Somehow, some way, give me some sort of voucher or something as someone who bought eight. And this is something that came with it. Right. Or, and even still, they would need to do something for me to really make it fair. I think that this game needs to be free to play because it's for something that was supposed to be out at the start of the year, then the middle of the year, to come out a year later when they're already going to be promoting probably whatever their next major title. I'm sure they have something else working in the background that's not this multiplayer title. I, I It needs to be free to play because otherwise how many people are still going to have their copy of Resident Evil 8, even though it's a digital code or whatever, but still, it's, who's sitting around for a year saying, like, I can't wait for this thing to come out. I'm dying for it.
0: Yeah, and the article was like, Catcom, like, isn't even mentioning anything else. They're just saying, oh, yeah, it'll be next year. And, like, that's all yeah, 20, from their yeah, so it's difference. Like, yeah, 2022, no like, timeline.
1: Yeah, what a way to say vague. So, yeah, that's a bummer. So, I definitely think if you're out there listening, maybe, pff, I, I don't know, you got to give something to the people who bought it, but that maybe give us as somebody who bought it the next dlc free that they said that they're starting which i'm sure will be finished before this game is ready and then make this game free to play i think would be a good way to do it and i would feel that that's fair compensation to me
0: yeah i mean it's uh it's that be the way i mean it'd be the only way to satisfy people who bought this game expecting two things got one and got denied the other for a year
1: not that i'm mad i got my like heart set I mean I love Resident Evil 8 I thought it was great I got as much enjoyment out of it as I could so I'm not really bummed about it but as somebody like I bought it it should have came with this yeah (laughs) I'll say something
0: so uh, let's move into questions of the week and if you guys ever feel like giving us a question just leave it in the comments Andrew and I will Andrew and I will pull it and we will answer it so first question comes from Divine Anchor and they ask uh, what is the first game you played that made you realize what gaming could be not just fun like Mario or Zelda's, but something like a Metal Gear with a story that has great gameplay, makes you feel certain emotions, something that could rival a movie. Uh, for me, it was, it was easily Final Fantasy VII. I was probably 10, 11 when I first started playing that game. And, and I've played RPGs before and you can, you can you know, you, you learn. the The thing I love about RPGs is that they're so... Character defining, you know, you start liking these players, you know, you start making a team, you start picking. I mean, you literally start picking which person time you like better, yeah. And usually, they're b- very time consuming. And when you get like Aerith, and you know, you start equipping her and you're moving along, and you're like, okay, cool, she's my healer, she's this, you know, that's one of the most important things in an RPG, she's got the white magic, and then she just spoilers, gets, yeah. Spoilers if you haven't played it. And then she just gets killed by Sephiroth. you see him come down with that sword. I mean, it's almost a generic answer. But the question was, what's the first? And that easily would have been my first. Because Metal Gear is a good pick. But, you know, that was a year later that I, that I played that. But the moment she dies, you're like, oh, dude. Because, I mean, in games all the time, you know, people get hit, dropped. You know, Phoenix down them. You know, no one's ever dead. And then he came down and literally just, you know, put it through her. And you're like, dude, they, this character's gone. Like, and, and it moves the storyline. You're like, oh, Wow. That is something that I think rivals, you know, the best movies. It had it had this direction that set the tone and is now okay. Here's what the storyline is moving forward. So I, I easily would say Final Fantasy VII because it was the first big epic moment that I had. But you're a little it's, younger than me, so more games would have been out by then. So
1: I was say I wonder if it's maybe an age thing too, because I would say it's about ten for me when I really kind of felt it, but it was with Final Fantasy ten. So, about that same time, I was like 9, 10 when that game came out. And again, same thing. And that's this game is one of the real first like PSO games that are like fully voice acted. The graphics are great and everything. So, I feel like that's kind of what really, you're at that age now too where that's going to do a lot more for you than like reading like text and stuff like that. And so, just going through that whole game and then uh, the spoilers, finding out like, auron's dead go you're on you're on this pilgrimage you're doing the, the same whole time and then you find out that yuna has to die in order for or not yuna um well she will die but then she's got to sacrifice some or one of her guardians in order for it to be the aeon in order to stop this fucking thing and then at the end even when they're like in love and they admit they love each other they can't be together because your main character is just like this dream thing is that it's a part of this world and so it's like a love that can't even be mm-hmm. and so that game like still i i go back and i watch that ending like all the time because it really means a lot to me that game still definitely makes me like cry like i'll for <laughs> sure fucking cry
0: yeah nice so uh make sure you leave your answer down below we'd love to hear it uh second question comes from my brother gino Prowse and he says i think you guys have done the mount rushmore of wrestlers yeah we talk about it all the time uh, what's your personal Rushmore of video games? No genre splits or next-gen competition. Pure overall favorite to you. The top four games you have played. Mine are Super Mario RPG, Halo 2, Mass Effect 2, and Final Fantasy 8. You know, I was thinking about this earlier, and the more I hear, like everyone always says, the Mount Rushmore of games. Like, And then who, what's the best? Mount Rushmore isn't based on the best. Mount yeah. Rushmore, literally, it was made at a certain time when there was only certain people on it, and it was the people that defined what that was, such as the presidency. So every time, I'm always conflicted, because I'm always like, well, would the Mount Rushmore be what made video games? Or who defined yeah, or that? what made video games what it is, Mount Rushmore? Or my? It, but the question, obviously, is what's your personal Mount Rushmore favorite? So um, I put down for mine, uh, Bioshock. I mean, I'm a big, huge Bioshock fan. I love that series. Can't wait for the next one. Um I love God of War, but I would say the PS4 version, the new reboot of God of War was one of the best games I've ever played and um there's a you can play it on the PS5 with updates and uh so I want to play that. Uh like know Super Mario RPG is one of my favorite games of all time and then like I referenced earlier uh Final Fantasy 7. But I know you want to see your answer. But if I just want to throw in there since I mentioned it, if we're talking or you know what Mount Rushmore I guess should be then I guess I don't know how many people would argue that it wouldn't it be Mario, Sonic, Mega Man, and Pac Man, or at least some
1: variation of that. See, I'd go differently. So for mine, are you want uh, builders or your personal? If we're just so if we're just going people like mm-hmm. what you said, so Mario Mario has to be on there. Mm-hmm. He can't not be on there. And then I would say Yoshi, aren't you? Snake, has to be on well- there. Okay. So that, I think that redefines storytelling. Then
0: I guess Mount <SSSSSR> uh, <did I> <SSSSR> defy- <SSSR> Rushmore, we'd have to do a cutoff. Like, when is it? And I would put, I would put the Mount Rushmore would have to stay somewhere in the 8-bit, 8-bit, or maybe even 16-bit. Because once you get into the 32, I mean, then Cloud could be on that because that was, you know, I don't know if we could get into the 90s when so many games were back in, like, the 70s and 80s.
1: So I would put those two, Chief, and then somebody else. But if I had to go... So uh, Chief, though, I mean, now we're going into 2000 and what? 2000, 2001? Well, yeah, but it's who defined whatever who would be on a Rushmore. That's a John... A, a game okay, defining character. Okay, when
0: does it stop? When do you stop? You know what I'm saying? I don't know. I, I feel it would have to be at a certain period and
1: we'd have to define it as either like 8-bit or like 16-bit. If we're just doing Rushmore based on our favorite game, pretty much you just asked me what my top 5 is, top 4 is. Top 4? I'll do in in this order too. Link's Awakening. Link's, Link's a- Awakening. Link's Awakening. Always. Demon's, Dark D-DX. Souls 3. Final Fantasy 10. <laughs> I I'll try to guess it. Dark Souls 3. Oh, and you got one more? Metal actually, Sol- Metal, Metal, Metal Solid Gear Solid 3 goes before Dark Souls, and then I'd actually put Yakuza before Dark Souls. The newest one? Six? Zero was my favorite. Oh, nice. Kusa.
0: Okay, I thought, for some reason I thought Six would have been the one stand-up. I'd
1: right? put Dark Souls in there, but Dark Souls is a little bit... The the story's there, but it's up for you to interpret whatever and you're reading and trying to figure everything out. There's no definitive answer where these other ones are a definitive story. Yeah. I mean, give or take Metal Gear's got all kinds of crazy shit and everything going on in there, whatever. Blowing. But it's got a set narrative that it's telling you versus r- read this shit, that shit, Chris Kirkpatrick. <laughs> you can get your ass kicked. Um, yeah, but do you get my point though with the Mount Rushmore part? Like if if we're doing one of two versions, one of them has to, there has to be a cutoff.
0: I see what you mean for like
1: predefined to build the foundation for everyone else to continue, and then the way I took was in just from when gaming started until now.
0: But Obama can never be on Mount Rushmore because it's already been done. You know what I mean? Like you wouldn't be having Obama, it wasn't for the originals. And in my mind, the originals would be probably somewhere close to that lineup. I don't know. Interesting stuff, though. I, I like...
1: think I could be on out Rushmore. You are my Mount Rushmore. You're on Mount Rushmore.
0: a Favorite host. Favorite co-host. Thank you. Uh, last question comes from our friend Randy Marino, future podcaster, I might add. And uh, his question is, not sure if you guys have seen it or not, but SummerSlam will be in Las Vegas in August at the... Is it Allegiant? Allegiant Stadium, I think. I don't know. Stadium. Are we going or what? I want to take my son. I've only been to one wrestling event in my life uh, with my brother, and I... It might have been like MGM too. But it, this was like WCW, um, NWO days. Like Hulk Hogan was there, black and white. Sting was there. Me and Gino had signs. This was like 1994, I think. What did and your sign say? It was, uh, we had these characters drawn in Vegas of us as wrestlers. So they drew me as Hulk Hogan. And I'm, I'm trying to Hoyts remember. Hogan? As oh, Hoyt's Hogan. And I'm trying to remember. Gino's might have been like Hacksaw Jim Duggan or something like that. He's
1: more like a dude love kind of guy. <laughs>
0: Well, I wouldn't have been WCW though, and uh, I would love to go, man. I, but Andrew and I have a pretty booked schedule right now. I mean, we're going to TorpedoCon, but if we could make a wrestling uh, thing fit and go in August to watch some, because I don't want I, we love talking old wrestling, but I'm not up to date on anything new, so I don't know. Now, how long would be for or what? But I mean, if, it, if the cheap, if the tickets were all right, and you know, we could figure out a place to
1: stay and, and it worked. I mean, I'd be down to do no. one more one more event. You're out? I hate wrestling for what it is and what it's become. Like, I strictly stopped at... I'll even give it up until like kind of like John Cena ish or whatever. But anything after that, it's just fucking lame. I cannot stand watching wrestling. I can't stand the way they talk about it as like a sport and fucking all, all that bullshit. No, like the ones that went to entertainment. No, I I cannot stand it. There's only one WWE around here, and it's an F. Fuck. hey, you better get the F out, bro. Because
0: that's that's the like that's, that's the uh, that even was the when motto. I
1: listen to like Steve I listen to Steve Austin's podcast like all the time and I only listen to like when he talks about the classical stuff and the only time he ever really kind of talks about modern wrestling is just how dog shit it's become and I'm just like good like I agree like I granted I fell out of wrestling you're poo-pooing all over his parade I'm sorry to ruin your dream I mean (laughs) if you love it more for you there's a lot of people out there that do love it and I find it surprising somehow but I'd go watch it if we can make it fit Randy I will it's just not for me and I hate it yeah no, I hate anyone who likes it
0: no big promises though because i know i know torpedo con is going to take a lot out of and that's that (laughs) and that's the bottom line because man drew said so uh so that is the end of this episode guys it did go a tad bit long but i feel we had a lot to talk about questions to catch up on riffs to discuss so uh if you guys have any questions comments concerns leave them down in the comment section andrew and i will get back to you and i want to say quite promptly I'm trying. <laughs> <laughs> so, guys, until next time, my name is Craig Prowse. That is Mandrew Montsumer. <sniffs> Cheers.